God bless you once again, my brothers and sisters. Welcome back to our midnight service. Amen. And we're so excited to be back here in the house of the Lord where we come to contemplate his word. Amen. And we're here to be transformed and edified through his word. And we're going to take you right into the word tonight. And we're going to read Psalms chapter 95 verses 7 through 11. And when the church of God is there, give me a shout of praise. Amen. So Psalms chapter 95, verses 7 through 11, as you can see, we love the Lord, we love his word. We want to continuously grow in the word, in our faith, amen, in our walk, in our relationship with our king. And so we find ourselves being edified through his word. And I pray that tonight, that in this hour, as we proceed into the midnight hour, that God comes in and he gives us that clear indication, that clear direction that we need in order for us to continue bearing fruit, amen, so that we may know the times and the days ahead, that we may know that our king is coming back soon. How many of us are sure of that, amen? We shouldn't be thinking, well, he, you guys keep saying he's coming back soon, and he never does. This is confirmation from the word of the Lord, amen? So let us read Psalms chapter 95, verses 7 through 11, and we read the word of the Lord in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart, as in the provocation, and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, they proved me and saw my work. Forty years long was I grieved with this generation and said, It is a people that do err in their heart, and they have not known my ways unto whom I swore in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. Amen. So let us put this word in the hands of our king. Amen. And why don't we take a few minutes to pray. Extend your hands and say, Lord, bring revelation to me in this hour. Lord, you take control of the time. You take control of the word. Take control of my family. Take control of my thoughts. Bring everything at the feet of Jesus and let him do what we cannot do. Amen. Lord God, we humbly come to your throne of grace, Lord Jesus, acknowledging, Lord, who you are. Acknowledging, Father God, that we stand in your presence, Lord Jesus. Acknowledging, my King, that we need so much of you, Lord. I ask, Father God, that tonight, Lord Jesus, you continue, Father God, to work inside of our hearts, inside of our minds, Father God, all of our being, Lord Jesus. Tonight, Father God, we are here, Father God, in one accord, Lord Jesus, discerning the gospel, Father God, learning, Father God, and being edified, Father God, as a church, Lord, as a global bride, Lord Jesus. And tonight, Father God, we extend our hands, Father God, calling upon the name of Jesus Christ, knowing, Father God, that you've come to deliver us, Father God, that you've come to save us, Lord Jesus, that you've come to cleanse us, sanctify us through your word, Purify us, Lord Jesus. Help us, Lord. We want to do, Father God, everything, Lord, that pleases you, Lord Jesus. We want to make sure, Father God, that we preach this gospel fiercely, Lord Jesus. We want to make sure, Father God, that our temples, Lord Jesus, are continuously, Father God, being edified through your word, Lord Jesus. That there is proven transformation in our lives, Lord Jesus, as we, Father God, live this life that is pleasing to you, my King. 
Lord Jesus, we stand, Father God, in front of this congregation, Lord Jesus, to preach, Father God, not out of our accord, not out of our knowledge, Lord Jesus, but to preach, Father God, out of your word, Lord Jesus. Let it be your Holy Spirit, Father God, bringing, Lord Jesus, the spiritual edification, the spiritual manna that we need, Father God, in order for us, Lord Jesus, to discern the times, Father God, to discern the hour, Lord Jesus. Lord, we understand through your word, Father God, that at the hour, Father God, at the midnight hour, Lord Jesus, those chains were loose, Father God. Those that were tied in chains, Lord Jesus, were set free, Father God, as you have your ambassadors of faith, Father God, your faithful few, Lord Jesus, there in the prison cell, Lord. You came to the rescue, Father God. You came to change, Father God, and give a true name, Lord Jesus, to that, Father God, that was lost, Lord Jesus, that that was corrupted and contaminated, Lord. But in this hour, Father God, we call out on the precious name of Jesus Christ, Lord, and we ask for our families, Lord Jesus. We ask for the global bride, Lord Jesus, that you come to deliver them, Father God. Live, deliver them from their thoughts, Father God. Deliver them, Father God, from all, Lord Jesus, all those, Father God, that come Father God, and want us to renounce our faith, Lord Jesus, Lord. We ask that tonight, Father God, you be with us, Lord. That tonight, Father God, you teach us through your word, Lord. Let us examine our walk, Father God. Let us examine, Lord Jesus, our life with you, Lord. Is it pleasing in your sight, Lord Jesus? Are we doing what's honoring in your sight, Lord Jesus? Or are we doing what men expect us to do, Lord? Let us, Father God, not be foolish, Lord Jesus. Let us not be lukewarm, Father God. Help us, Lord Jesus, to discern your word, Father God, to hear your words, Lord Jesus. And by faith, Lord, put them into action, Lord Jesus. I ask, Father God, that in this hour, Lord Jesus, you unite us, Father God. You bring us together, Lord. We refuse, Father God, to be distracted with the things of this world, Lord. Let there be, Father God, a spiritual clarity tonight, Father God, as we discern your word together, Lord. Let us increase in the spirit, Lord Jesus. Let us display the fruits of the spirit, my King. Let us forsake a sinful life, Lord Jesus. And we bring ourselves into your account, Lord Jesus. Forgive your people, Lord. Forgive the sins of your people, Lord Jesus. Allow us, Father God, to continue to see, Father God, with your eyes, Lord, to love the way you love, Lord Jesus, the agape love, Lord, that has, Father God, no limit, Lord Jesus, it has no borders, Lord. Help us, Father God, to come together, Lord, to unite, Father God, in prayer, Lord. Your word says to pray without ceasing, Lord Jesus. And tonight, Father God, we have faith, Father God, that the lame will walk again, Lord. That the deaf, Father God, will hear your words again, Lord Jesus. That the blind will see, Lord. That those, Father God, that have suffered a spiritual death, Father God, will be resurrected, Lord, through your word. In the name of Jesus, Lord. Help us, Father God, to love, Lord, and forgive the way you do, Lord. Help us, Father God. Not coming to this place, Father God, as Pharisees, Lord, always murmuring and judging, Father God. Help us, Lord. Let us decrease, Father God, that you may always increase, Lord Jesus. Teach us, Father God, to do things right, Lord. 
Let us be able, Father God, to come together in this hour, Lord, making good use of this time, Lord Jesus. Catapult us, Father God, to the knowledge, Father God, of your truth, Lord, as your ambassadors, as your disciples, Lord Jesus. Teach us to pray, Lord. Teach us, Father God, how to preach, Lord Jesus. Teach us, Father God, to understand your word, Lord. As we congregate together, Father God, Lord Jesus, I thank you, Father God, for this great congregation. I thank you for the life of my pastor, Lord. I thank you for the opportunity, Lord, that you've reserved tonight, Lord, to be with us, Lord, to be in the midst of us, Father God. I see angels in this place, Lord. I feel your presence in this house, Lord. Let us come together, Father God, and let us analyze this word. I ask, Father God, that I may humble myself, Lord, in your presence, Lord, that you can take all the honor, all the glory, all the adoration that you deserve, my King. Let your words come with fire, Father God. Bring that fire in my bones, Lord Jesus. Let us be able to walk out of this place tonight transformed, delivered, Father God, knowing, Lord Jesus, with clarity, Father God, with the sense of urgency, Lord, our known responsibility, Lord Jesus. And those that are tuning in, Father God, those that are connected, Lord, give them that sense of urgency, Lord Jesus, that they may know, Father God, when they have to bow the knee in your presence, Lord Jesus, when they have to start praying intentionally, Lord Jesus, when they may see, Father God, God, that those around them are falling, Lord. It's time for us to rise up, Lord Jesus, and declare victory in the name of Jesus, Lord. Help us, Lord Jesus, in this hour, Lord, to preach out of your, out of your mouth, Lord Jesus, the words that you want to speak, Lord. Bless us with your presence tonight, Lord, and let the Holy Spirit activate, Father God, through our lives, Lord. We ask all these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and the church of God says, Amen and amen. Continue to praise our King Church. Go ahead and have a seat. Amen. I was really in awe tonight as I was earlier in the day as I was reading the word and, and just meditating on, on the days ahead and the things that, that God instructs us through his word. But many times we come into the house of the Lord and you hear so much distractions. You hear a lot of noise, right? Or you hear these fans. And sometimes it's so hard to concentrate. But tonight, God is telling us, and he's going to teach us through his word, to hear the words of the Lord. See, every time that God spoke to the people of Israel, the children of Israel, every time that he used, amen, Moses, he used Joshua, he used Paul, he used Silas, he used his disciples, they were executing the words of the Lord. They were preaching the words of the Lord. And it's time for us to hear the word of the Lord in order for us to grow. Amen. There has to be evidence that we understand the word of the Lord, that we're not just reading to read, but we are also examining ourselves as we're here in the altar and saying, Lord, am I really hearing your word tonight? Is that word sinking in? Lord, do I really understand the days ahead? Do I understand what's taking place in this day, in this age, in this generation? And see here as we start reading Psalms chapter 95 verses 7 through 11, the, the verse, verse 7 starts with, for he is our God. How many of us know that we serve a living God? Amen. Amen. For he is our God. This is a promise. Amen. 
These are words that have been decreed and established for us. For he is our God. And we are the people of his pasture. How many of us consume the pasture that God provides for us? The word of the Lord. Green pastures, amen. And the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart as in the provocation and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When we hear the word provoke, there's people that provoke evil to come out of us, right? There's people that provoke good to come out of us. But here God is saying today, if you will hear my voice, are we being attentive to the voice of our heavenly father? Today, if you will hear my voice, harden not your heart as in the provocation and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, they proved me and they saw my work. Forty years long was I grieved with this generation and said it is a people that do err in their heart. These are people with unbelief. These are people where faith doesn't abide. These are people that receive the word and then they go out there and they do what contradicts the word of the Lord. Amen. And they have not known my ways unto whom I swore in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. And this got me thinking about the seven churches that the book of Revelation talks about. But as I was studying the seven churches, I said, Lord, what are the past seven generations? Because we hear about generation X, we hear about generation C. They talk about the millennials, the baby boomers, right? So I was looking up the last seven living generations. And the first generation that I came across is the greatest generation that was born from 1901 through 1927. And this generation is known as those Americans who grew up during the Great Depression and fought in World War II. That is the first generation. The second one is the silent generation that was born between 1928 through 1945. And the silent generation is known for the traditionalist behavior and a desire to work within the system rather than to change it. And I want you to really capture the essence of the message tonight. The third generation born between 1946 and 1964 are the baby boomers. This generation is known as they rejected and redefined the traditional values. They're also the wealthiest and the most active. This is the baby boomers generation. Then we have generation X that was born between 1965 and 1980. They're the generation known as being resourceful, independent, and keen on maintaining work-life balance. Then you come to the next generation, which is generation millennials, born from 1981 through 1995. This is the first global generation and the first generation that grew up in the internet age. How many of us were born in that generation, right? That's why we are so technologically savvy, right? Then we have Generation Z, born between 1996 through 2010. 
Generation Z grew up with technology, the internet, and social media, which sometimes causes them to be stereotyped as a tech-addicted, antisocial, or social justice warriors. And then we come to the last generation, which is Generation Alpha. Generation Alpha are those born from 2011 through 2025. The Alpha generation are children that are born at a time when technological devices are getting smarter. Everything is connected, and the physical and the digital are coming together. As they grow up, new technologies will become part of their lives, their experiences, their attitudes, and their expectations of the world. And this got me thinking about the seven churches that the book of Revelation talks about. When I was reading Psalms 95, and just verse 7 was telling us so sure that for he is our God, every generation that I reference right now up through generation alpha, God has presented himself. The gospel has been presented to every generation, but not many have listened to the voice of the Lord. Many hardened their hearts, and we know of many. Now we are living in this generation alpha, and I said, Lord, your word says that you are the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, says the Lord. Why is it that we have to go back and see the last seven living generations? And I was, I was caught off guard by Generation Alpha. I didn't even know Generation Alpha existed. This is new to me. I don't know if it's new to you, but it was new to me. Amen? And so I want to take us into the book of Revelations chapter 1. Amen? We are a church that loves the book of Revelations. Amen? And let's read verses 3 and 8 so we get to know more about these churches. Amen? Revelations chapter 1 verses 3 to 8 says, Blessed is he that reads and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein for the time is at hand. Hallelujah. How many of us receive that word? Hallelujah. Let's continue reading. Verse 4 says, John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you and peace from him which is and which was and which is to come and from the seven spirits which are before his throne. And from Jesus Christ who is the faithful witness. And the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. And has made us kings and priests unto God and his father. To him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Verse 7 says, Behold. He comes with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him, even so, amen. Verse 8 says, I am Alpha 
Do you see how clearly he states that? These words are in red. That means that these were said by our Lord. I am Alpha. I am the Omega. The beginning and the ending, says the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. See, when we reference the word of the Lord, there is that sureness that we receive by reading the word of the Lord. There is that sureness that we are reading and receiving from these green pastures that have been presenting to us. Amen. Every generation has received the gospel. Many people have risen up. Those that maybe were afraid many times just like you and I. We don't want to preach the word because we thought we were incompetent enough. Maybe we were scared that the wrong words were going to come out of us. But see, God promised us the comforter. God promised us the Holy Spirit, amen, that would speak through us. That would bear witness of the Father. That would allow us to carry and embody the testimony of Jesus. That we may keep his commandments. Amen. So as we look at the last seven living generations, we also have to see that every generation had the opportunity to give their life to Jesus Christ. And see, what worries me right now is that generation alpha, these are children that are being born at a time when technology is increasing. Where they're going to have connections and experiences virtually. So the way that we grew up, the way that we saw things, the way that we communicate to each other right now will be enhanced for them. See, they're going to want more and more and more. Will the word of God ever be enough for this generation? See, it'll be like the days of Noah that the coming of the Lord will be. It will take place just like the days of Noah. Every generation was faced with a problem. Every generation was faced with religion. Every generation was faced with apostasy. Amen? So as we're living in this day and age, we have to understand that the coming of the Lord is much sooner than many think. That's why I appreciate when you guys share the word of the Lord, when you guys share revelation that God is giving you, just like pastor said when he shared his dream, many people in the dream said, hey, I knew this would take place, but I didn't know it would happen so soon. Hey, how come this word was never presented to me? Let us not fall short from the glory of the Lord. Let us take the gospel and take it wherever God wants us to go and preach the everlasting gospel to everyone that's willing to Listen and accept this word that will transform them. That is why I love the words of the Lord. Let us just not be hearers of the word. And what God is doing in this place is that he's moving us. He's making us uncomfortable. Because we need to grow. We need to go through the growing pains in order for us to see this place full. We need to understand that it is important for us. To give the best of our time. Even if that means that we go without sleep. Even if that means that we have to read a little bit longer. Even if that means that we're up at that midnight hour praising. Amen. Worshiping. Preaching. Because there's people out there right now listening. People that will be tuning in. People that will have itching ears wanting to hear the words of the Lord. Wanting for the preacher to preach. Amen. 
It's important for us to understand this. See, I fall in the millennials generation where the internet was presented to us, right? I remember in the early 2000s when I said, man, these Mac computers look so lovely. One day I want to have one of these, right? And back in the days, these were big Macs, right? Not McDonald's, but big Macs, right? <laughs> Real nice ones with color. Now they're all slim. They're all perfect for this day and age, right, for this time, right? And I... I wanted to learn to type. I wanted to learn the internet. And back in the days, everything was MS-DOS based, right? You had to figure things out. You had to encode, right? That's why I'm so good with technology, right? Because of the things I needed to learn when I was growing up. But see, kids nowadays, technology is right in front of them. They can use the iPad and the iWatch and the iPhone and everything that belongs to Apple. They know how to use it well. They're eating from the Apple. We have to be eating from the word of the Lord, church. Amen. It's what we do with our children. It's what we do with those that God has us feeding and providing for. Those that we are responsible to steward. For many of us as parents, it's our children inside the household. You're not going to give them something that's going to corrupt them or contaminate them, right? You don't want to take them into these false experiences. You want to make sure that you present the gospel. See, this was left for us, for our admonition, for us to examine our walk with the Lord, for us to really understand the present day and age as God was preaching, as he was speaking to the multitudes, as he spent time with his disciples. God is spending time with us tonight, edifying us through his word. Amen, church? So we have to make sure that as technology gets smarter, we get smarter in presenting the word of the Lord. I encourage you men in this house to don't give up. Continue taking this word out here in Yukaipa. Go out there and put the stakes. Lay down the tent for Without Borders Global. Search the land. Search the inhabitants. Bring back the tidings into this ministry that we may know how to receive the people that will be coming in multitudes through these doors. It is time for us to search out the land of Yukaipa. And that is what you guys are doing. But we, as children in this household, do we really understand the word of the Lord? Are we really living the word of the Lord? Or are we only reading it but not applying it to our life? And that is what God is speaking to us. Amen? So let us continue reading Revelations chapter 1, verse 11. Look at what it says. I love this. I love this verse. Here God is saying, I am Alpha and Omega. The first and the last. And what thou seest, write in a book and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, unto Smyrna, and unto Pergamos, and unto Thyatira, and unto Sardis, and unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. See, we have to understand the condition of every church. As we analyze the past seven generations, Many did good things, right? Many made it into the history books. But see, these churches made it into the gospel. And it's for us to understand what to do and what not to do. See, God said here, hey, I present you the word. I see what you're doing, but there's still things that I need you to correct in your life. Amen? See, God, God had preachers already ordained 
in every generation, God had pastors already ordained. God had strong leaders already ordained for every generation. Even as the world begun, the word was God. And we have to understand that if we hear the word of the Lord, it's coming directly through him. And he uses us as vessels of honors to convey the word of the Lord. And let those that need to hear it, let them hear the word of the Lord and stand corrected. Amen. So let, let us go into the first church. Revelations chapter 2. The church of Ephesus. Look at what God is telling the church of Ephesus. Verse 1 says, unto the angel of the church of Ephesus I write these things, says he that holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven candles, golden candlesticks. I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience, and how thou cannot bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not. And has found them liars. Are we not living in those times even now? Right? A lot of apostasy. A lot of people who have just named themselves. Right? Many people that want to walk in shoes that God has not called them to walk in. Amen? Verse 3 says, And has borne and has patience and for my name's sake has labored and has not fainted. The faithful few. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee. Because thou has left thy first love. How many of us know people who have walked away? Completely walked away. Because they blame the church. Because they blame the failures on God. Because they blame everyone else. And they don't see their fault. See, God wants us to go back and be reminded of our first love. Our first encounter with him. Where do we fall? Where did he find us? See, he met Saul and he changed his name to Paul. And that is why we know about him today. Because that's where God found them persecuting the church. Killing his own. And God said, no, no, no. I will come after you because I will present myself as the Lord of mercy, as the Lord of forgiveness, as the Lord of love. And he never forgot that. He said love is patient. Love is kind. Love isn't boastful. Love doesn't demand. It's agape love. So who are we to demand that from others when we should be living it? If we hear the voice of the Lord, if we understand the words of our heavenly father, prove them here while we still have time. Hallelujah. Verse 4 says, nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou has left thy first love. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen. And I love this because he gives them the out. And repent and do the first works or else I will come unto thee quickly and will remove thy candlestick out of his place. Except, he says, thou repent. Verse 6 says, but this thou hast that thou hates the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. 
And verse 7 says, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. To him that overcomes will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. So the first church was reminded to fall back in love with the Lord. Be reminded of your first love. What happened to the greatest generation? They grew up during a time where there was a lot of famine, destruction, depression, right? And these were people that had to fight a war. Did God not come to deliver them? They came out of that great depression, right? And so many have fallen back into that depression, that state of mind. Be reminded of your first encounter and your first love with the Lord. Hallelujah. The second church, the church of Smyrna. Go down to verse 8. And unto the angel of the church in Smyrna write, These things says the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. I know thy works and tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich, and I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are in the synagogue of Satan. Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. So do not fear what will come against us. Do not fear the days ahead. Get yourselves into prayer without season. Get yourself on your knees. Buckle up and start fasting, says the Lord. Because the days draw near where his coming is very soon. Let us be reminded of that. He knows that we labor hard here at WBG, but it's not enough. He knows that we have faith, but there's days that we lack in faith. There's days that we don't want to worship. There's days that we just want to come and worship and not get on our knees. See, we have to open up the altar and be able to pour out incense in this place and say, Lord, let us perfume your throne of glory, your throne of mercy, Lord, your throne of forgiveness. We call this house a house of prayer, the gateway to heaven. Let's start putting that into action. It is time. That is what God is saying. Be reminded of your first love. See, when you were in love with the Lord, you did everything for the Lord. Everything. You'd be willing to go two, three days without sleep. If that means you had a sacrifice of your resources, whatever that was, you were willing because there was this genuine love upon you. Gratitude. And that's what God wants to remind us as a church. We will grow. We will see the hand of the Lord in this place. But let us not forget where we started. Amen, church? See, God has to come and humble us in our pride. God has to come and humble us if there's any arrogance inside of us. God has to come and humble us if there's any evil or deceit inside of us. We have to stand corrected in the presence of the Lord. That's why he spoke to Moses. Moses. Remove your sandals because where you stand is holy ground. Yes, many people come and criticize this place, but don't be offended. 
Because we know that we are not confined to four walls. We know that our temple is a temple of the Lord. And that's what he inhabits, church, through the Holy Spirit. Let's present ourselves worthy in the presence of our king. Let us present ourselves worthy in the presence of the king. Amen. See, here he was telling the church of Smyrna. These things says the first and the last which was dead and is alive. I know thy works and tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. You are rich in me. And I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are of the synagogue of Satan. See, many people will come in with their own theories. Many people will come in wanting to preach their own gospel. But may they be rebuked and corrected in the name of Jesus. Because we will not tolerate that in this house. We preach the gospel, the everlasting gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. And we will not allow blasphemy in the altar. We will not allow for God's name to be blasphemed in that way. God is a loving father, but he's also a jealous God. See, it goes back to worship. Who are we worshiping in this generation? See, the worship of this generation is technology. The worship of this generation is a love of money. The worship of this generation is ego, status, fame, wealth, everything that the flesh desires. This generation has it. This generation will be presented with a greater technology where they will be given into new experiences. And where are we? We need to make sure that we go out there and we search the land for this generation. Because so many generations have gone before us and they know the word of the Lord. But they need to be reminded of their first love. But we are living in a generation where everyone is giving themselves to the lust of the flesh. They're eating, they're drinking, they're giving themselves into marriage. And God is saying, correct that. Bring order into my house, says the Lord. And we have to hear the words of the Lord, but act on them. Hallelujah. Let's read Revelation 2, verse 12. And the angel of the church in Pergamos write these things, says... He which has a sharp sword with two edges. I know thy works and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seat is. And thou holdest fast my name and has not denied my faith. Even in those days wherein Antipas was my faithful martyr who was slain among you where Satan dwells. But I have a few things against thee, because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed unto idols, and to commit fornication. So hast thou also them that hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which thing I hate, repent. Or else I will come unto thee quickly and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. The word of the Lord has spoken. Amen. Church, we have to make sure that we correct the behavior of this generation. Many of us tolerate it. See, God is not telling us to hate the individual, but to hate the deeds of the individual. 
If you know that your brother and sister are living a life of sin, will you not open up your mouth and be able to deliver a word of hope? Like what was preached today, a word of hope, a word of transformation, a word of deliverance, church. We tolerate it because we're afraid to speak. We tolerate it because we don't want to hurt people's feelings. It's not about hurting people's feelings. It's about preaching the everlasting gospel of salvation. We want to see everyone make it to heaven. That's the goal here. We ourselves need to examine our lives and say, Lord, am I really walking the life you want me to walk? Am I allowing things? Am I just turning the blind eye to not say anything for fear of what people will say? For fear what my family will come and persecute me with. See, God gives you the right through his word. He gives you the word that you may go out there and exhort with loving kindness. To preach his word and not be afraid because the Holy Spirit is with us. Even if that means we have to give our life, it's all for the glory of the Lord. It's not for people to know our name. It's not for people to know what we did. It's for the name of Jesus to be recognized. That is the objective here, church. Let's continue reading. Hallelujah. Verse 18, the church of Thyatira. And unto the angel of the church in Thyatira write, These things says the Son of God, who has his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass. I know thy works and charity and service and faith and thy patience and thy works and the last to be more than the first. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which calls herself a prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. And I gave her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. Behold, I will cast her into a bed, and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. And I will kill her children with death, with death, and all the churches shall know that I am he which searches the reins and hearts, and I will give unto every one of you according to your works. This is powerful. God presented the same gospel to every generation. And we have to see that we see that there's other religions increasing. The last message that was presented a few months ago, I was reading that there's over 4,000 known religions. That's way too many. That is why people are so confused. They don't know what to believe and who to believe. Do we believe in the word of the Lord wholeheartedly? That is the question tonight. Or are we willing to go out there and worship Baal? Are we willing to bow the knee to these false idols? Are we willing to start believing these false doctrines? 
Are we willing to give in to the things of the flesh? See, here's the thing. It's not what you do in fornication. People see it physically. But when you go out there and you refuse the word of the Lord, the sound doctrine that will correct you, that will teach you to examine your life, that will push you to obey the commandments of the Lord, you're out there prostituting yourself and giving yourself into listening and doing what other doctrines are teaching you to do. Examine yourself. Don't be led astray. Don't allow those people that call themselves ambassadors of the Lord to fool you. Many people look the part. Many people can preach well. But are they really living the word of the Lord? Do we know their testimony? Do we know their character? Do we know their beginning? Do we know where they started? Can we go back and see how has this brother and this sister progressed? See, we, we, we hear so many, and, I, and I've heard this. I'm 39 years old. I've heard this by so many women. God gave me a word. But see, when I analyze the words that come out of these people's mouth, and I say, Lord, did you really give them the word? Because what I see is that they're very low in spirit. I see that they don't have a continuous relationship with you. I see that they hate my brother and my sister. I see that they're never satisfied with their portion. How can they preach to me that this word and revelation came from you? That is the character of someone who possesses the Jezebelian spirit, church. Be careful. Men, be careful. Women, be careful. We have to be careful. We can't just allow ourselves to listen to any gospel. See, it goes back to who we worship. That's why God tells us through his word, you shall have no other gods before me. He is the alpha. He is the omega. He is the beginning and he is the end. The first and the last, says the Lord. Hallelujah. I feel the presence of the Lord in this place. Hallelujah. Let's continue reading. We were in the church of Thyatira, correct? Hallelujah. And we go to Revelation chapter 2. And let's continue reading in verse 24. But unto you I say and unto the rest in Thyatira, as many as have not this doctrine and which have not known the depths of Satan, as they speak, I will put upon you none other burden. But that which ye have already hold fast till I come. So what we have right now, what we've been instructed, the word that we're reading, hold fast. Live it, believe it, says the Lord, until his coming. And he that overcomes and keeps my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron as the vessels of a potter. Shall they be broken to shivers, even as I received of my father, and I will give him the morning star. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Let's go unto the church of Sardis, Revelations chapter 3, verse 1. And unto the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things says, He that has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars, I know thy works. That thou has a name, that thou livest and are dead. Be watchful. What are we doing right now at the midnight hour? Being watchful. And strengthen the things which remain. Strengthen the things which remain. That are ready to die. 
for I have not found thy works perfect before God. Remember, therefore, how thou hast received and heard, and hold fast and repent. See, the word repent continues to come up in every other verse, in every other chapter. And the book of Revelation is telling us tonight, if there's things that God is still working inside of us, come to him. Lay it at the cross and repent wholeheartedly. Hallelujah. Verse 3 says, remember therefore how thou hast received and heard and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. Let's continue reading. Verse 4 says, thou hast a few names even in Sardis, which have not defiled their garments. And they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. What a promise. He that overcomes the same shall be clothed in white raiment. And I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. But I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. The church of Philadelphia, verse 7. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, I write these things, says, he that is holy. He that is true. He that has the key of David. He that opens and no man shuts. And shuts and no man opens. I know the works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door. And no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength. And hast kept my word. And hast not denied my name. Behold. I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet and to know that I have loved thee. How great is the love of our heavenly father. Hallelujah. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation. Hallelujah which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. See, he's telling us here at the individual level. Let no man take thy crown. No man, no woman, no family member, no leader. Let no man take thy crown. This is the word of the Lord. Him that overcomes will I make a pillar in the temple of my God. And he shall go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of the heaven from my God. And I will write upon him my new name. Hallelujah. And the last church, the church of Laodicea, verse 14 says, And unto the angel of the church of Laodiceans, write these things, says the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou were cold or hot. 
So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. And knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire. That thou mayest be rich and white raiment. That thou mayest be clothed. And that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. And anoint thy eyes with eyesalve. And that thou mayest see, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door, and I knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him. I will sup with him, and he with me. To him that overcomes will I grant to sit with me in my throne. Even as I also overcame and am set down with my father in his throne. He that has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says unto the churches. See, as we look at the last church, the church of Laodicea. I can see that church being represented in this day and age. I can see the boastfulness, the arrogance the comfort, the luxuries. I can see all that moving in this day and age. Many people say, I have built my wealth. I have everything. I do not need anything else. That's what this generation boasts so much about. That is why we see that they continue to make new content to keep people entertained and engaged. Does, is the word of God more than enough for us? Is it sufficient to keep us on our knees? Is it sufficient to keep us praying? Is it sufficient to keep us waiting on the Lord? Is it sufficient for us to continue hearing the voice of our Lord, church? Is it sufficient? See here, God doesn't give us these types of experiences that Generation Alpha is about to start having. See, Generation Alpha will be made to think that there's another planet. See, they will be taken into outer space. They will be given these types of beliefs. And they will be worshiping the human. They will be worshiping those that bring and introduce these new technologies, advancements, enhancements that they may believe. We have to be mindful of what's taking place. I was watching a small report. I love, I love Israel. I love the land of Israel. And I was watching a report that you have astronauts coming into the Dead Sea, the Negev Desert, and you have quantities from different countries. And what they're saying is that because that desert mirrors what people have encountered in Mars, that they want to start giving astronauts these new types of experiences because of what will take place in the near future. And see, people believe that they, if they get caved in into a 8 by 10 place that they will have a new experience of living in a different planet. Can we still live and believe in the word of the Lord? Can we desire to continuously grow in the word of the Lord? Let us examine ourselves 
and not be caught up in all the things that will be presented to us. Let us be ready to teach, to exhort, to admonish, to love, to correct those things that need to be corrected in this day and age. See, I love the Apostle Paul because he took advantage of his time. He wrote most of the New Testament. See, he was going out there. When I think of the projects that God has allowed us to do, when I think of the borders, I say, Lord, I want to be writing letters to my brothers and my sisters right now that we can't travel. Right now that you have us building here in this, in this beautiful city, Lord. I want to be writing these letters to encourage them not to give up. To continue holding on to their faith. To continue reading the word of the Lord. I want to start writing to the global church. I want to start praying more for the global church. I want to start preaching more for the global church. We have to be reminded that our brothers and sisters are facing tribulation. They're being persecuted for their faith. They need from us as we need from each other. See, it has to go beyond this fear is what we see here. Many of the times we limit ourselves and we say, gosh, I wish these chairs were full. But what are we doing to make that a reality? What are we doing? Are we really coming to church and saying, Lord, I own my time. I own where you've placed me. Lord, I want to see your kingdom advance. I want to go out there and preach this everlasting gospel. Where do we fall in the condition of the church? Where do we stand in our faith and our walk in the Lord if we say that we hear the word of the Lord? Are we really living it out? Are we really applying the word of the Lord? As people come and they see us and they say there's something different. See, we prepared so much for this great event that took place last Sunday for our brothers and sisters that came from Israel. We were blessed by their presence. We were blessed by the worship and the word and the testimonies. But God keeps reminding me, as you prepared, as you cleaned, as everyone got together, as we held these meetings, as we continue to praise and look forward to their coming, we have to make sure that we are more intentional to the coming of our king. Because that will be glorious. We have to really see where we stand, church. And it reminded me of the parable of the sower. Luke chapter 8, verses 13 and 14. The seeds that fell on the rock and thorns that bear no fruit. Luke chapter 8, verses 13 and 14. I'm not going to go in reading the whole parable, but I want us to read these words. They on the rock are they which when they hear... Receive the word with joy, the seeds that fell on the rock. And these have no root, which for a while believe, and in time of temptation, they fall away. How many people have we seen come into the house of the Lord? Right? They're here receiving from the prayers, from the worship, from the word, right? And we've seen them come in and out in the places we used to worship, right? And we see that these people can't get rooted. They're not grounded in their faith. Because it goes back to, did we hear the word of the Lord and are now activating it in our life? Or are we just listening? And we're taking it back with us, but we don't want to live it out. Right? 
That's what we see in this generation. We can be preaching to someone. Church, I'm not saying that this entire generation is like that. What I'm telling you tonight is that we have to pray fervently for this generation. We have to love on this generation. But we have to preach the word of the Lord to this generation. Because I tell you something. That they are learning a different type of gospel. And that gospel is advancing. We see it. And we see that now their worship is increasing and they're falling daily. How many men, women, children are falling in their identity? They don't even know who they are anymore. We see this battle. It's spiritual warfare. We see that everyone now is changing their names. People are now calling themselves they when God has given us a name. We have his DNA. He's made us just as he declared us to be, men and women, not a they. We have to be mindful of that. Make sure you correct your brother and your sister. They may hate you, but it's only for a moment. But if they give their life to the Lord, they'll come back and thank you for being that stern with them. They will thank you for correcting them. They will thank you for bringing out the gospel of truth, evidence of what has happened in your life. Yes, church, let's not be afraid. Many people speak so low about all these men and women that are having an identity crisis. Many people don't know. They're just following the trends. And we have to preach the word of hope to them. We have to really see that the word that came to us, that was presented to us in a time that we were needy, in a time that we had lost our hope in a time that we needed someone to come and save us. He presented himself at the right time. Many will come out of the crisis that they're in. Many will see the Lord come to the rescue. Many will say, I saw the Lord. He presented himself to me. He told me who I really was. And now I've given my life to the Lord. I know who I am. I know who I worship. I know what I want to do for him because I know what I've received. And that's what we have to look forward to. See, the, the parable of the sower extends to those that landed in the thorns that didn't bear any fruit as well. And that which fell among thorns are they which when they have heard, they go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection. See here when we read the word pasture, what God says, I am your God. I provide of those green pastures. When you look at the word pasture in the physical state, it's a land that's covered with grass. It's suitable for grazing cattle, right? We see that when we're going through live Oak Canyon and we're mesmerized of just that canyon. It's alive. There's animals there. We see llamas there and we say, wow, what a beautiful scene, right? But see, when we see it, this is the word of the Lord. When we see it with our spiritual eyes, those green pastures are the fields that God has opened for us to run, for us to enjoy, for us to eat, for us to receive the revelation of the Lord. That is what he is saying. Job 39, 8 says, the range of the mountains is his pasture. And he searches after every green thing. We need to be leaves, right, that are bearing fruit all the time in all seasons. We have to be giving color, amen. 
People can't see that we're falling apart, that we're withering away, that we look all pale because the wind came so strong and we got snatched out of the tree. No, we got to remain strong on that branch, says the Lord. We have to make sure that we don't fly away as these things come our way. We got to make sure that we hold on like hot glue. The word of the Lord. Amen, church. Let's go to Psalms 100. Hallelujah. I feel the presence of the Lord in this place. Let's give him a shout of praise in the house. Amen. Psalms 100. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Look at what he even has the lands doing. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. What do we do every time that we are rejoicing, every time that we're worshiping the Lord? I always find myself singing. I always find myself worshiping because he deserves all the honor, all the glory, the worship. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. So how many generations has gone before us? The word of God here tells us, and his truth endures to all generations, right? All the way from the, the, the last seven generations that we just learned about, through this generation, his word, his truth is everlasting. It endures to all generations. The word of the Lord says that we are the sheep of his hand. Let's go into Ezekiel chapter 34. Ezekiel chapter 34 verses 1 through 6. Hallelujah. And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say unto them, Thus says the Lord God unto the shepherds, Woe be to the shepherds of Israel that do feed themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flocks? You eat the fat and you clothe you with wool. You kill them that are fed, but ye feed not the flock. The diseased have ye not strengthened, neither have you healed that which was sick. Neither have you bound up, he says, that which was broken. Neither have you brought again that which was driven away. Neither have you sought that which was lost, but with force and with cruelty have you ruled them and they were scattered because there is no shepherd and they became meat to all beasts of the field when they were scattered my sheep wandered through all the mountains and upon every high hill yea my flock was scattered upon all the face of the earth and none did search or seek after them see we have work to do we do see many people 
leading their flock astray, clothing themselves with glory, clothing themselves with name brands, clothing themselves with all this vain glory and accolades and applauses. And the people, the flock are hurting. God is calling each one of us out. And he's letting us know, acknowledge. See, you're eating, but what about them? See, you're eating. You're not eating of the everlasting gospel. Because if you're preaching a different type of gospel, that's what you're feeding the flock. And those that have been left for dead, they're still dead because you're not bearing any fruit. We have to make sure that we acknowledge the word of the Lord that's being presented. See, here God told Ezekiel, prophesy, son of man. Prophesy. See, when you preach directly from the word of the Lord, you are prophesying the word of truth. You're prophesying the word of the Lord, the everlasting gospel. See, and right here, it hurt me. It says, you eat the fat and you clothe yourself with the wool and you kill them that are fed. See, many people will come into these big churches and because the churches are so comfortable and these churches have so many programs and things to keep people busy, they neglect preaching right out of the gospel. That they start preaching something that they think is in accordance to the word of the Lord and it's not. So people now set their eyes on men, and when these men fail, the church walks away. Men and women, entire families, entire communities walk away because of the disorder that's happening inside of the house of the Lord. What green pastures are they eating? What are they receiving? Apostasy, heresy, blasphemy. We have to make sure that we take this gospel to the ends of the earth and wholeheartedly we preach it out because we believe it. See, we've been changed. We've been transformed through the word of the Lord. There's evidence of what he's done in our lives. See, if you were a liar, you don't lie anymore. See, if you used to go out there and steal, you don't steal anymore. If you had a filthy mouth, you don't speak like that anymore. You've been corrected. And in those moments where you find yourself at trial, because there will always be people putting us in trial. You say, Lord, guard my testimony. How shall I respond? Can I really display your character when I'm being pinned at the wall? When I'm being cornered at the wall by my brothers and my sisters? And sometimes it's persecution inside the house. Well, Sister D doesn't preach well. Brother Frank doesn't preach well. My pastor can't preach well. Why are we putting our eyes on men and women? We need to be putting our eyes on the gospel of truth. Putting our eyes on Jesus Christ. Stop pointing the finger. It's not about what we preach. It's not how we look. It's not what we wear. It's not what we say. It is what God is speaking through the word of prophecy. We have to understand that. We've all been called. We've all been commissioned. This is a partnership with their king. And we have to understand that. And it hurts me that as Ezekiel had to open up his mouth and prophesy, we have to make sure that we apply this word and we say, Lord, where have we fallen short? See, many people will come in and they will ridicule. You leave them to the Lord. But don't stand for their behavior. We can correct a brother and sister in love. 
Amen? Because this house is a house of order. This house is a house that's being built with honor, dignity, transparency, honesty, worship for our Heavenly Father. How many of us wait for that moment where we get to see Him? Where we get to experience His glory, His presence? Where we get to finally receive those crowns, those rewards that He comes? He's going to come with gifts. See, when my kids were growing up and I'd say, you guys, do well in school. Make sure that you do your chores. Help mommy and daddy. Every time that I would see my children excel, I wanted to always give more and more. And I would push them a little bit more. See here, we see what God, he provides for us. As we see our brothers and sisters, I'm delighted to watch each one of you. Jared, Frank, Cassidy, Viv, Michelle, the children, the new family. I'm encouraged to see you guys grow. See, God didn't just call pastor and myself. He called all of us to grow. All of us to preach. All of us to worship. All of us to go out there and defend the orphan, the widow. Preach the gospel to those in need. Many will come in needing, needing that special encounter. Many will come in sick and beaten up and hurt. Their lives endangered by so many that called themselves pastors. So many that called themselves evangelists. So many that called themselves apostles. So many people that wickedly were preaching against the word of the Lord just to see what they could extract financially from the flock. And we have to be ready to receive them with the truth. We have to pour into their lives. We have to serve them. See, our king came. He humbled himself. And he showed us the best way to lead with the servant's heart. He came to serve, not to be served. That's why we put ourselves into the service of our God. Each one of us. We put ourselves into the service of the Lord. It's warranted. It's what comes out of us because there's so much gratitude for what he's done. How many of us can still say we're grateful for the sacrifice on the cross? How many of us are grateful for where he's, for where he's placed us? Yes, we should be grateful. Maybe we see some that God is, is moving and they're growing spiritually. Wait for your moment. But do your part. That's what God is reminding us. Do your part in order for me to do my part. Meet me halfway, says the Lord. Right? Many of the times we say, gosh, we're still going through the same trial. I hear this all the time. I'm still going through the same trial. Well, what are you doing? Oh, you're right. I'm not praying enough. There's your answer. Are you fasting? Because such things only come out through prayer and fasting. No, I'm not. There's your answer. See, God has given us a key of success, right? The world talks about success, wealth, and riches, prosperity. We have prosperity in the spiritual things. The more we give in to this relationship with the Lord, the more we make time to be in the presence of the Lord, the more we spend at midnight, this is the hour and pastor will not let me lie. This is the hour where I get to hear the voice of the Lord more. This is where he corrects me in my ways. This is where he teaches me new things. This is where he reveals things that are to come. I enjoy that. Because as a small child, I wait for this hour. Lord, what am I going to see today? 
It's 11.54. What is God going to reveal to us tonight at this midnight hour? In this midnight service? Are we just here to fulfill the duty of a midnight service? Or are we presently here, church? Are we really here or are we like the church of Laodicea? We can't be found in that state of being lukewarm. You're either hot or you're cold. But you cannot be in the middle. You can't serve two gods. You can't worship two gods. There's only one, the alpha, the omega, the beginning, the end, the creator of all things. It started with him and it will end with him. See, this world is prophesying. See, when I see this, this world is prophesying. See, the world knows the word of the Lord. Even Satan knows the gospel. Generation Alpha is one that God says, in those days, science and technology would increase. Men would be lovers of men. They would be giving themselves into marriage, just like the days of Noah. Are we building that ark right now because we believe, see, every piece of wood that you put on that ark should have a name. I declare that my family, I see my siblings on there. Lord, I'm putting a nail there because I believe my siblings will return back to you, back to your heart of worship, back to the essence of the gospel. Go out there and start building the ark, church. Preach the word. Start with your family. Put a name. Say, Lord, today I give myself more of me, Lord Jesus, in this hour that you may be glorified because I need of you. Answer my prayer. Bring my family back to you. I give so much of myself, Lord, because I need of you. See, that's when you can identify your situation. Many people think that because we preach and because we're here leading that our life is perfect. It's not. We go through much spiritual warfare. We're constantly being attacked. We're constantly being fingered at. We're constantly in people's mouth. But are we giving up? That just pushes me to get closer to my king. That just pushes me to get on my knees more. That pushes me to read the word of the Lord more. So that my heart may not be found in error. In error, church. We have to make sure that we really understand and we eat of these green pastures. Because God calls us the sheep of his hand. That's so beautiful when you see the sheep, right? And when you see them walking together all in unity and you're like, these... The sheep, the wool, just their characteristics. They're beautiful. That's how God sees us, as his beautiful children. We just have to learn to obey his voice, amen. So let us not harden our hearts, amen, church. Let's continue reading Hebrews chapter 3. We're almost there. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 3, verses 6 through 19. Hallelujah. Are we receiving revelation from the Lord tonight? Hallelujah. See, God said, harden not your hearts as in the day of provocation, the day of temptation. So let us read what Hebrews chapter 3 verses 6 through 19 says. But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house are we? We are the house of the Lord. Amen. And if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end, 
Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost says, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. As in the provocation, in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works 40 years. Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation and said, they do always err in their heart. And they have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. While it is said, today if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke. Howbeit, not all that came out of Egypt by Moses, but with whom? Was he grieved 40 years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swore he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. See, God keeps bringing that up. If there's unbelief in your heart, that means you don't know the Lord. There's unbelief in your heart, that means you don't have faith. So let there be no error in our hearts today, church. Let there be no unbelief, church. Let us make sure that we stand and we guard the word of truth. Let us make sure that we can also subject ourselves to the commandments of the Lord and be obedient as obedient children. Let us make sure that we analyze the condition of every church. Let us understand the problems of this generation. Let us understand that the days that we will go through in the future, the Holy Spirit will be with us. We will be visited by that later rain. That's what the word of God says. See, if we hold fast to the truth that we carry today, nothing will move us. Nothing will shake us. Even if there were an angel to come and preach a different type of gospel, may he be rebuked. Let us not believe what's being preached out there. Let us make sure that we hold this word steadfastly and we believe it. Let's make sure that our deeds are good deeds. Let us exercise the faith that God wants us to have in our lives for this time. I want to end with Revelations chapter 1, verse 17. 17 through 19. Hallelujah. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. 
and have the keys of hell and of death. Write the things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. The mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand, and the seven golden candlesticks, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. So we know that God has placed us here in this church, and we know that we are being preached this sound doctrine. I encourage you to not go out there looking for anything else. Make sure that you test every spirit. Make sure that you examine your walk. Make sure that you don't set your eyes on anyone that comes and preaches in this altar. Make sure that you always have your eyes looking up to heaven because that's where your revelation, that's where your help will come from. That's where we receive mercy. That is where we receive forgiveness, church. And if there's any unbelief in us tonight, let us repent for that. Let us make sure that we guard ourselves with the armor of God. Let us make sure that we understand our purpose and what God has called us to be. See, that's why I love the word of the Lord because this is proof for me. It's more than enough. I don't need to go out there and read novels. I don't need to go out there and read books. And quite frankly, I don't even do that. I used to do that during my college days. But I got tired of reading other things. All I want to do now is read the word of the Lord that I may be edified. And that I may grow spiritually. That I may present myself in the presence of the Lord saying, Lord, reveal this word. Help me with this verse. Help me with this chapter. Help me discern the book of Revelations. Let me not be afraid to go into your word, Lord. Let me be able to apply it. Help me understand your commandments, Lord. Let me be able to walk the way you want me to walk. Let me be able, Lord, to worship the way you need me to worship. Let me be able, Father God. To come in, Lord, into your presence and say, Lord, rid me of all evil. Rid me of all those things, Lord, that I need to be corrected in your presence because I need your help daily. I want to be found right. Just like the perfect vessel for the Lord in his sight. No wrinkle, no spot. Amen. No stain. Let us prepare for his coming, church, because his coming is very near. Amen. Let us rise up. I know that. At this hour, we will have communion, amen. And I want to invite our pastor to come up this way. If you guys could help me bring the communion cups, everything's ready, amen. Because we will go into a moment of praying, amen, church. Let us make sure that in this hour, just like Paul and Silas, they were worshiping. There was trouble around them. They were in prison. But it didn't matter that they were confined into four walls into four corners they knew that they needed to worship they knew that they needed to receive revelation they knew that they were there because the people around them needed their help but they needed to be well spiritually physically emotionally they needed to be well a hundred percent in order for them to be effective amen to present themselves to present the gospel in front of others amen church so I'm going to ask our pastor, amen, to help us go into communion, amen. 
And let us examine our walk. Let us examine ourselves before we become in partakers of this great blessing. Amen. Thank you, Pastor, for this time. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Are we ready? If you guys have your word with you. I'm going to ask uh, Brother Jared to come up. And as we take communion, if you guys have your Bible, I want you to open up to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Once again, if you guys have your Bible, I want to see if you guys can follow me along. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And we're going to read from 23 all the way down to 32. But before we get started, I have to warn you. Amen? Once again, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23, but we're going to start from verse 27. Because as a pastor, as a minister, we have to warn why we are taking this and the reason why we take it. But also there are things that if you're not standing in right with God, don't partake of this. Because there are warnings. We don't take this lightly. This is the body of Christ and this is the precious blood of Christ that he gave for us for the remission of sins. So why don't we get started? The word of the Lord is read in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Look at what the word says. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 27. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily, unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself. I'm going to repeat that again. Look at what it says. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. I want you to, if you like discernment, that's what the word says. If you, anyone lacks discernment, ask the Lord, Lord, I want to have discernment so I can understand why we take communion. And maybe I need to examine myself right now and maybe there's some things in my life that I need to get in order first. Maybe I'm not married legally or through the church. Or maybe I'm living in sin. Or maybe I'm in adultery. Maybe I'm fornicating. Maybe my life is not in order right now, Lord. I suggest you don't take that, brother. Because you will only be bringing condemnation to yourself. But look at what it says in verse 30. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you and many sleep 
See, sometimes when you can't discern the body and the blood, and you take this through your ignorance, and the word says that if you don't understand this, and no one has explained this to you, then the Lord winks at ignorance. But when the truth has been confronted to you, and you take this with great responsibility, and you don't have respect for the Lord's body, and you can't discern, then that's where you get in trouble. Verse 31, for if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. So if you examine yourself daily, this is daily, brothers. This is not just, oh, I'm going to look at myself, maybe in, I'm going to check in with myself maybe once a month. No, this is daily. And as the times get darker, you should always examine yourself daily and continuously. Because the times are getting harder. Amen. Look at what it says in verse 32. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord. That we should not be condemned with the world. See, we should not be condemned with the world. Because we know the truth now. We have accepted that beautiful sacrifice that he's done for us. For the, for the remission of sin. So you've been warned. I have come out of my responsibility. I have done my due diligence. I have done my duty as a pastor. I have warned you. But if, you're, if you are in rebellious or in rebellion and you still take it, not discerning the Lord's body, then that's going to be on you now. Because you have willfully sinned against the body and the blood of the Lord. But those that have examined their, themselves, let us read from verse 23 now. Amen. Look at what the good word says. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he break it and said, take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. Let's take and break the bread. Amen. In verse 24. I'm going to read it again. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you and for me. This do in remembrance of me. And blessed be the name of the Lord because here in this church we do this as a reminder of what he's done for us. Amen. Verse 25, after the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is a new testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. Let's drink. 
Verse 25, after the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. See, he came to give us a New Testament, a new covenant, because he is a God of covenants. But he had to pay it with his own blood, with his own life. That's why in the book of Psalms, he says, you prepared a body for me. Because sacrifices you did not desire. The blood of rams and goats and sheep you did not desire. But he came to pay with his own life. He came to pay with his own blood. See, the law was condemning us. But he came to pay the ransom of that law. That's why Paul calls it clearly the law of liberty because we have been set free. Amen. We are free by his blood. We are free by the beautiful sacrifice that he has done on that cross. And it says, and it says like this in verse 25, in remembrance of me, let us not forget what he's done for us. Verse 26, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he comes. Amen. And he will come back. That is what we long for. That is our greatest desire. Those that call themselves Christians, now they wait for their papa. They wait for their Abba. They wait for their Savior. They wait for the Lamb of God. They wait for the bridegroom. The bridegroom comes and the church says, come. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Because we wait for you. Because we, Father God, have no one else in this world. The leaders of this world, they wouldn't give their life for us, Lord. The leaders in this world is all about themselves and what power and what riches they can get. But you, Lord, you came down the greatest teacher of all time, the greatest master of all time, the good God. And you came down from heaven to show us the way because you are the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through you, O oh Lord. Great King, great Savior. You have showed us the way. You have showed us a humility. You have showed us a life to be satisfied with our portion. You have showed us, Father God, this great Christian life. Thank you, Lord, because you had to come down from heaven to teach us this way and I'm very grateful because God himself has showed us the way, the truth and the life I thank you Father God because you are a God that wants a relationship with his people how your soul connected with humanity Lord those that are willing Father God to accept this everlasting gospel the unchangeable word of God 
You long with, to have a relationship with them, O oh Lord. Because that is who you are. That is this great king. The great king of relationships. That he wants to have an intimate relationship with his people. I follow this great God. To me, he is the only God. There is no one else that has given his life for me and for you. There is no other God that has said, I come down from heaven and pay the ransom for your sin. There is no other God that can claim those words. There is no other God but the only tomb of my God that is empty because he resurrected on the third day just like the way he said it would play out. There is no other God like him that he has dominion and power and knowledge and wisdom and holiness belong to you great king there is no other God that can uplift me from my current condition and can transform me to become something else only your word oh Lord can do this only your word father God can transform a life and can change a person into someone else oh Lord only your precious word can do this, Lord. And there is evidence. I'm a witness of that great power. And there are many witnesses around the world, Father God, that have fallen in love with your word because your name is the word of God. And we have fallen in love with you, Lord, because you have done good things in our lives. But the one thing you've done for us, Lord, is that you have forgiven our sins. And that, Lord, I am very grateful for that. Because I can start all over with you, Lord. But not to take advantage of this covenant that you have done with us with your precious blood. But to have reverence, Father God, for this great covenant. But to come, Father God in the fear of the Lord and the love of the Lord because I fear that great name because that great name Father God convicts me your character Lord you don't demand worship Father God you don't demand it but Father God I do it out of my free will Father God because your character convicts me because your kindness convicts me. Because your love convicts me. Because of who you are convicts me, Lord. And that's why, Father God, I fold my knees, O oh Lord. And I bow, Father God, to the great King of heaven. And I confess my sins to you, Lord. Because you are faithful to forgive me, Lord. Never to be remembered again, Father God, 
That doesn't mean, Father God, that you give me a license to continue sinning, Father God. No. It's to have a life of blameless, of holiness. Be holy as I am holy, says the Lord. And we just ask you in this day and in this hour, Father God, that you help us, Father God, to continue, Father God, having a life a relationship, Father God, with you and a life that is pleasing to you, Father. And if there is anything, Father God, that you still need to work inside of me, Father, I give you permission, Father God, to come inside of me and work inside of me and help me, Father God, and bring me back into harmony with your word, O oh Lord. I give you permission, Father God. Help me, Lord. Lift me right next, Father God, like the good Samaritan that you uplifted. The Samaritan, Father God, the man, Father God, that was laying down, beaten, Father God, and left for dead. That is what you did for me, Lord. You brought life again. You gave me joy again. You brought forth, Father God. A new mind, Father God. This precious mindset that I have is only, Father God, by your own doing, Lord. This precious mindset that you have given me, O oh Lord, can only come from you, O oh Lord. Because the mindset of the world cannot confess that you are God. Because the mindset of this world cannot say, Father God, that you are the only Savior of this world. But this beautiful mindset that you have given me, Father God, that you have transformed my mind and my heart, Father God, and I see the evidence inside of me, Lord, can only come from you. And you value, Father God, this mindset. Because now we have joined, Father God, with your will, Father God. I no longer live for myself, but I live for you, Lord. I must decrease so you can increase. And I thank you, Father God, for this precious life, this everlasting life that you have granted me, Father God. If, it not for, not, if, it's, if it's not for you, Father God, going to the cross, if it not be for you, O oh Lord, shedding that precious blood, if it not for you, Father God, being humiliated, beaten to death, and crowned with thorns, and being, Father God, spit on the face. And you were left alone. went, Father God, through every temptation that we have gone through so you can relate to us, Lord. But not only that, Father God, you did no evil. All you came to do, Father God, is to show humanity the way. But humanity rejected you. And we, by our own sin, Father God, you were placed on that cross. You just came to help, Father God, a fallen humanity to this great calling that you have bestowed upon men, Father God. This high calling, O oh Lord, 
that now we understand, oh Lord, this high calling, Father God, that you, Father God, has given us. That you have given us, Father God, this high calling to go out there and preach this everlasting gospel. This calling that is such worthy, worthy than anything in this world. That anything that the world can produce, Father God, we have such a high calling to be fishers of men. This great profession of ours. Thank you, Father God, for the way. Thank you, Father God, for the word. But most of all, Lord, we thank you for the cross. We thank you, Father God, for the blood that was shed for our sins, for our shame, for the curses, oh Lord. We thank you, Lord Jesus. And there are no words that we can say, Father God, that we can repay you. There is nothing, Father God, that I can do to repay this great debt that you have done for me and for my brothers and for the rest of this world. But all we can say, Father God, is that we are grateful. We enter through these doors, Father God, with the heart of thanksgiving for that sacrifice. Because, Father God, you are worthy, Father God, to be praised. You are worthy, Father God, to receive honor and glory. You are worthy, Father God, to open up the scrolls, O Lord. You are worthy, O Lord. There is no man in this world, Father God, that has ever done the things that you have done, Father. That's why my eyes are fixed upon heaven and upon you, O Lord. This world has nothing, Father God, to offer me, O Lord. But now I look to you, O Father, and I wait upon that day, Father God, to see and to proclaim, this is my God. This is my Savior. The one that I have been waiting for. He has come to save his people. This is our great king. This is my God that I have been waiting for. And I know, Father God, that you will come quickly. And just like your word says, that you are even at the door. Let us set ourselves, Father God, to do great things, Father God. Let the Holy Spirit be with us, O oh Lord. Let us be filled of the Holy Ghost and pour out of the latter rain, Father God. Just like in the days of your apostles, O oh Lord, where the sick were healed, the lame walk, and the blind will see, Father God. I believe with all my heart, O oh Lord. That when you pour out that latter rain, we will see those miracles back again. And we, Father God, will witness the miracles, oh Lord. We just ask, Father God, that you help us to prepare ourselves, Father. Help us, Father God, to be in the truth. To always be in your word, Father God. Let no man deceive us, oh Lord. Let us guard our testimonies. Let us guard, Father God, this precious word that you have bestowed upon this church, O oh Lord. Let us, Father God, be the guardians of this truth. Let us be, Father God, the people, the remnant church that you have called, Father God. We are few, Father, 
for we are mighty in word. We are few, Father God, but we are mighty in faith. We are few, Father God, but you have called an army, O Lord. Let us open up our spiritual eyes and see, Father God, that many are with us and against us. Let us see, Father God, through the spiritual eyes, Father God, that your angels, Father God, have drawn out swords, O Lord, ready to fight our battles, O Lord. And I also pray, Father God, I also pray for the prodigal sons and the daughters, O Lord. That you remind them, O oh Lord, of their first love. Let them be convicted, Father God, of this precious word that was brought today, O oh Lord, from the seven churches. Let them be reminded, Father God, that you have paid such a high price for their salvation, O oh Lord. Let them be reminded, Father God, that this price was not, was not in vain. What you have done, Father God, is not in vain. That this call, Father God, is not in vain. That the tears and the pain that we go through, Father God, are not in vain. That this walk, Father God, is not in vain. Let us be reminded, Father God, that this good work that you have started in us, faithful are you that will finish it. I pray for those prodigal sons and daughters, oh Lord. I unite myself, Father God, with the brothers and sisters that have children, Father God, that have walked away from the truth. I join in arms with my brothers and sisters. And today we join arms, Father, and we pray for our children, oh Lord. We pray, Father God, that you bring them back, oh Lord. But also, Father God, those that have stayed, Father God, in the church, oh Lord. Reward them, Father God. Reward them as well, Father. Bless them with the spiritual gifts, oh Lord. I pray for the life of my daughter, oh Lord. That you bless her. That you've let her grow spiritually, oh Lord. That when she reads your word, Father God. That it may be you speaking to her, Father God. Let her be reminded, Father God, that she has a great Father that is in heaven. That will never lie to her. That will never fail her or reject her. But will never forsake her. You have loved her more than I have, oh Lord. Let her be reminded of her heavenly Father, Lord. That you give the good rewards. I pray for her life, O oh Lord. That you bring joy and happiness. That you uplift her, Father God. Raise her up like a young woman. Raise her up like a Deborah in her time, Father God. Just like Esther, O oh Lord. As she, Father God, was called for such a time as this. That every generation, Father God, you have people, Father God, that you call for such a time as this. And there will be peop people, Father God, servants of yours, Father God, that you have called for such a time as this to give their lives, Father God, for the gospel. 
And let our hearts be ready, Father God, so when that time comes, Father God, that we shall lay down our lives joyfully for your sake, O oh Lord. Let us be men and women of valor. Let us be men and women, Father God, of faith. Let us increase in faith that, Father God, we may move mountains, O oh Lord. And today, Father God, we give you the thanks and the blessings. We rejoice, Father God, in this church, Father God. We rejoice, Father God, in this building that we have built, Father God, with love, O oh Lord. That you may accept, Father God, the works of our hands that we have poured out in this place, Father God. That you, Father God, may record everything that have done, that we have done in this place in the book of remembrance. And that it may, Father God, fill your heart, Father God. That we, Father God, may do your will, Father God, in this world. Prepare us, Father God. Equip us, Lord, and fill us with the Holy Ghost. And let us not fear, Lord, as we go out there and do your will, Father. We ask all these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the church says, Amen and Amen. Hallelujah. The Lord is good. Amen. This whole day, my brothers, I've been filled with the Holy Ghost. I've been filled with his presence. And the presence of the Lord is heavy in this place. And you know what the prayer that I have prayed today in the morning as I was, as I had to wake up a little early to go into work, I was praying on my way to work and I said, Lord, I was reminded of that prayer from Solomon when he, when he dedicated the temple of the Lord and he stretched out his arms and said, Lord, let your ear, let your ear always be attentive to this place. That when your people pray, that you will answer from heaven. That when people pray and bring, Father God, their cause of distress, that you, Father God, may pay attention to their prayers, to their supplications, to their requests, Father God. That when we pray, Father God, that your ear is attentive to this place, O oh Lord. That your people, Father God, may have respect for this place. That your people, Father God, may do things right in this place. That we may honor you, Father God, in this place. That even though it may be a, build, a building, Father God, with four walls, Lord, but it's more for us, Lord. Because here is where your presence dwells, O oh Lord. We thank you, Father God, for this place that you have given us. And we ask you, Father, that you just continue providing with the resources that we need. You know the hearts of this people, Father God. You know the hearts of the angels that you have placed in this place, Lord. You have known, Father God, our hearts. And you know, Father God, that we don't want to do this, Father God, for fame or for riches, Lord. You know that we do this, Father God, for the orphans and the widows and for the less fortunate, Lord. We don't do this, Father God, to be seen. But we do this, Father God, for you to be exalted above everything else. Amen. And let us be reminded, brothers and sisters, that we do this for his glory, never for us. That we set our eyes upon Christ and him alone.
never to the pastors, never to the ministers, never to the preachers, never to uh, missionaries, never for men. Because imagine if God built his church in the dependency of men, it would be such a disaster. But I'm, I'm glad that the Lord actually built his church upon that great confession of Peter that you are the son of God. And that is what we confess in this church, that you are the son of God and you will return again. Amen. Hallelujah. Let us go home safely. We've prayed. We've come out of our duties today. Amen. Every single one of us. Let us go home. Let us get us good rest. And let the Lord, if it's the Lord's will, let us continue working tomorrow. Well, we're, it's already tomorrow. Amen. Today. But let us go home joyfully. And we go home in peace. Amen. We are excused.